We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I'm launching a new website, transformativeprinciple.com. You can go there to learn about and join the mastermind. And also, you can go there to learn how to get positive press for your school. What's better than you telling your story all the time? Getting other credible third parties to tell your story for you. Go to transformativeprinciple.com. Once again, that's transformativeprinciple.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm so excited to have my good friend Kelly Helms on the podcast today. She's an elementary school principal at Summit Drive Elementary in Greenville, South Carolina. She is leading her school in a new focus of leadership and entrepreneurial design. She's been a teacher and administrator for 23 years and has explicit background in creating lessons and opportunities for elementary students in economic education. She was a contributor of Focus economics lessons for grades three through five and worked with other educators from Russia and Europe on hands-on activities related to fundamental economic concepts. Kelly, welcome to Transformative Principles. So happy to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Jethro. (laughs) Well, this is fantastic because you and I have been talking for months um, about what you're going through at your school. You're rebuilding part of it and you're taking a new uh, design thinking focus to the school and and it's just exciting. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what's going on. What what are the big things that you're thinking about? 
Right. So Jethro, we started talking about this focus probably two or three years ago, and um, we wanted to create something that was unique for the students in Greenville County. Our school district is, um, we have about 41 elementary schools and I'm sorry, 51 elementary schools. And so we're a very large district. Um, We wanted to come up with something that was unique that would attract students to our school. And one of the things that was fascinating about Greenville is that right now um, it has really jumped with this entrepreneurial focus in the city itself. And um, in fact, the um, in a Bloomberg report, it stated that Greenville is actually the new startup south, and it's hit a successful formula for incubating businesses. So with that, we wanted to have something that children would be excited about, um, that parents would be attracted to. So we came up with this idea of entrepreneurial design. What we were doing prior to was we were a leader in me school. And so for three years, our students learned um, all about the seven habits, Franklin Covey. And we wanted to do something that enhanced that leadership idea. So we came up with leadership and entrepreneurial design because they really um, went hand in hand and they meshed well together. So what we did was a lot of research around that. We went to we went on a couple of school visits. We visited a school in North Carolina that was a school of leadership and entrepreneurial design. We also visited two schools in San Diego. Um, that were also schools of design. So we needed to find something that we could do here within our school, but we needed to know what that looked like. So we felt like it was essential to go to some other schools that were doing something similar so that we would have an idea of what it looked like. Yeah. And you went to um, Design 39 and Vista Visions Academy, right? Was it Vista Visions or Vita? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vista. Um, it was the uh, Vista Innovation and Design Thirty Nine. Yeah. Vita. Okay. So those um, I've interviewed the principals of both those schools on this podcast and went and visited them as well. So Eric Shigala and George or Joe Erpelding, not George Erpelding. That's probably somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> so um, interviewed both those guys on the on the podcast, and they did some amazing work there and really cool stuff. And also interviewed the founder of Design Thirty Nine, Sonia Risley. And so those I'll put links to those in the show notes because if you haven't gone down this path yet, those are three great interviews that really give you an idea of what is out there and what people are doing. And there's some really cool stuff that's happening already. Um, So can you talk a little bit about how the seven habits and the leader and me program dovetails into this entrepreneurial design thing that you're talking about? Yeah. So we, we felt like we had grasped the leader and me concept of the seven habits, meaning um, the seven habits are basically be proactive, think win-win, think of others you know, first, um, which is that empathy piece. So we felt like our students were really developing those leadership skills, learning from the inside out, which is commonly um, referred to in in Leader and Me, is that the students first have to understand themselves, their own identity, um, making and setting goals for themselves, and then developing into 
working with others. So, you know, working to synergize, working with a group, um, working as a team. So all of those, um, what we call those soft skills, intertwined well with entrepreneurial design and those entrepreneurial mindsets. And that's what we have developed here is not necessarily thinking that all students will grow up to run a business, but what our idea is for students to to know and walk away with is having the mindsets of an entrepreneur, meaning, um, you know, have, have courage to try something new. Don't be afraid to do something different. Other ideas might be to have teamwork or to show teamwork. Um, because teamwork, when working together, helps to develop a new idea. Um, having resilience, so many of our children nowadays, they you know have a tendency to say, "Oh, I can't do it," and they they give up. Um, but teaching children to have resilience and have perseverance to work through challenges are all ways of showing those mindsets of an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, you know, one of my friends, uh, his name is Jake. He just shared with me what he thought his idea of resilience was, which I found really interesting. And he said the resilience is about knowing that you have the power within you to overcome the challenges that you're facing. And so resilience doesn't mean that you are a victim all the time and that you're blaming others. It means that you have the power within you to come up with a way to to do whatever it is you need to do better so that you can overcome the challenges that you're facing. And I just thought that that was a really good way to look at it and a way that it was a little different than what I had been thinking about it. And I, and I like how, what you're saying, you know, that, that entrepreneurial mindset is so important because it's not about being business minded. It's about being confident that you can solve problems and, mm-hmm. and so whether you get a job for someone or you start your own business, being entrepreneurial means I can solve problems, not just by myself, but I don't have to wait for somebody else to do it for me. And that's what I really like about that approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And with the seven habits linking with resilience, for example, the idea of being proactive as opposed to reactive. And Stephen Covey often talks about don't carry your weather. You're not, you don't need to be affected by your environment. Um, you know, and that's that growth mindset. So really that growth mindset, it sounds like what you're talking about of not necessarily being a victim, but also seeing the challenges as opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, so let's talk about your way that you've defined design thinking, which is a little bit different, which I just what I love about schools is when they take something that's out there and then they say, how do we make this work for us? And I am I am not a fan of the phrase you have to implement with fidelity because that means that you're doing somebody else's vision and we in schools need to have our own vision. You've definitely taken that. And so you've created a different way of looking at the design thinking process that is with the acronym LEAD. So tell us about that and how that works. Mm-hmm. We wanted to take a lot of the design thinking concept and, and you know, from the, the, the bigger, more well-known design thinking concept and make it something that our students could relate to. And, and we know we're talking children in kindergarten through fifth grade at our schools. So we wanted something that um, spoke to children very simply, but also met really what the design thinking process was all about. So we looked at um, the idea of the acronym LEAD because it kind of came from our idea of leadership, which our children knew 
about, you know, since we had been a leader in me school for several years. And so we wanted to come up with words that help to define some, I'm trying to minimize it here. So I could kind of look and, and pull you through, but the lead, we wanted um, the L to be listen because empathy is truly actively listening to your end user. And so we wanted something that our children could um, connect with. And we felt like the word listen was such a simple, but yet powerful word to use as part of the process for our children. And just the whole logo itself, we wanted also something that would have a very simple icon that would go along with it. We had the heart because we felt like the heart was a good representation of when you're listening, you're listening, not just um, with your ears, but you're listening with your heart, which goes, you know, along well with that empathy piece. And, you know, with that, we went in to explain to represent the defining idea of how do you define the problem? How do you explain it? So again, we wanted to have something that would be um, representation of explain, which was the, the light bulb and then the act which is the prototyping, ideating, you know, really coming up with the the meat itself of what it is that you're designing. And then, of course, the deliver piece, because we know how important it is to deliver and communicate your idea. And that's where you can get so many of those ELA standards is in that deliver piece, because so many times you can come up with an idea, but can you explain your idea to others? And so, whether it be communicating it through writing or speaking, we felt like the deliver was important as in itself too. We also wanted to come up with something that was nonlinear because we know that design thinking can, there's certain aspects, for example, you could be in the deliver piece and then you have to go back into the listening. And, and so it, it's refining whatever it is that you're creating for the end user. And we, we've, walked that and have experienced ourselves where we might get to what we think is the end product. And then we realize, no, we're not quite there yet. We have to go back and we have to either ideate, we have to test it. We have to, you know, go back to one of those. So it's not something that it's one and done, which I love also about this design thinking model is it's, you know, it's always a work in progress. Yeah, it, it really is. And I used the um, the analogy of a staircase in my book, School X, about the design thinking process, that as you go up the next step, you you do go past where you were, but it's not that you just repeat the same steps. It's the same thing over and over and over again, but you just have more knowledge and more experience and more expertise to help you understand what you really need to do to deliver that end product. And what I like about this this different approach that you're using is that the listen, explain, act, deliver also is the acronym lead, of course, which is good. And that is a leadership process to to go through the design thinking process. And it also expands it to be about more than creating a product, which sometimes we think that's what it's all about. And in schools, it's not necessarily about that. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning 
practice and retrieval. One book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being and much more. These books used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. How does this also support that idea of not just creating a product, but finding a problem to a solution that may not involve any active creation, but maybe just some creative problem solving? Does that question make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, initially, even when I went through exploring entrepreneurial design, you know, I used to think that it was about creating a product. And now I realize that so much of the design thinking process we do every day in our lives as educators, as um, just even in our personal lives. And now I see how it's applied everywhere. When I'm even um, working with teachers, we're always designing and it's designing the lesson plans. It's designing the unit. What does it look like? And I refer to our teachers as designers. So when I am working with them on, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm sending out a newsletter, it's, you know, hello designers, because they don't write a, a lesson plan, they design a lesson plan. And so now they start to see that it's not necessarily creating an object, but it's also creating whatever it is that you want to develop within your school, or, you know, it, it could be a program, it could be, you know, some kind of special evening for parents and students, and what do we want it to look like? So it doesn't necessarily have to be an object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really opens you up to doing all kinds of different things and to have this entrepreneurial solving problems type of mindset in your school. So where are you at in the stage of implementing all this and what are you working on right now as it relates to it? Mm-hmm. So um, last year we had training. We, we have had the privilege of working with a local university called Furman University here in Greenville. And it's actually uh, just 10 minutes up the road. And they have a program of entrepreneurial and innovation. And so they were able to come to our school and provide training to our staff on design thinking And so we did that last year. And then over the summer, we did training with the teachers on creating lesson plans that they could do. So what we've tasked them for this semester was to create a unit on design thinking, and they could do it through their science and social studies content areas. And they did a phenomenal job with it. What we wanted to do was we wanted to come up as a leadership team with something that was attainable. And we felt like having them start small by just coming up with one unit on design thinking for this semester and then one for next semester, it was attainable and it was something that wasn't overwhelming to them. Um, we so you know we had that formal training and then they had a chance to try it out um, this semester with their students. Yeah. And Kelly, starting small is so important. I mentioned to you before we started recording that I was out in Wisconsin doing a training about student-driven learning. And we started with something that was so simple. I had people coming up to me during the training and saying, because we were just talking about voice and choice, and that was the first step. And I said, so we just have to have an aspect of voice and choice. Like, 
I feel like I already do this. And I said, well, mm-hmm. let's talk about it a little bit more. And, and we'd find out that sure enough, they were already doing something like that. And so instead of it being, we're doing this big, huge change to be something totally different, it's, well, let's just start small. One unit or lesson on design thinking or one unit or lesson on implementing voice and choice. Like, you don't have to make these huge monumental changes. And what I found with that is that once people see that you're going slow, then they have permission to go fast if they're ready. And so nobody is is going so slow that they can't keep up because you're going very slow as you're setting the pace. But then other people, when they're ready, then they can keep going further and further. And I'm sure that you've already had some teachers who are like, I can teach this and then we can start doing it in all of our classes. And that's not even your expectation yet, but you're starting to see that people are already going to that step. Are you are you seeing that yourself? Yes, it's, it's amazing because the teachers are, are actually getting very excited because they're getting to go at their own pace. It's not something that they're looking at and saying, oh, here's one more thing or here's, um, you know, we're, we're on the on the, you know, newest and whatever initiative it is now that's going to be gone in a year. What I love about the design thinking and this whole concept is that the teachers really feel that it's why they went into teaching and teaching in this in this way it's bringing us back to our why you know why why did why do we go into education because we want to make a difference in the lives of our children and so this is getting so far beyond the standards because you know it's making an impact on students and it's you know not about standardized tests it goes so much more so much deeper than that and so that's why I feel like our teachers have really embraced it one of the things that we specifically love about design thinking more than some other process skills is that empathy piece is it's really designing for the end user and you know in the teacher's case it's the end user being her students when she's designing those lessons. And for the students, when they're creating whatever product it is or idea, they're thinking about others. And it's just such a a meaningful opportunity for our kids and for our teachers to know that you're creating something that's going to make a difference. And, And our school, our tagline is leaders changing the world. And I said, you know, to the teachers, I don't want that just to be a tagline with a name. I want us to be a school where we really stand by that through examples of what we set forth for our children. Yeah, I I love that. So you mentioned something that I that you glossed over because you know it, but not everybody does know it. And that is that when you do these kinds of things differently, a design thinking process, student driven learning, when you do it differently, then kids do go beyond the standards, not as a theoretical, like, oh, that's all well and good, but that when I was leading my school like this, I had seventh graders who were going up into the high school standards and mastering and showing proficiency in those standards way before they should have ever, quote unquote, been ready for those standards. And that's what's so amazing is that it takes away uh, The standards actually constrain us and make us stop. So quick illustration about this. If you are in an elementary school and you tell a kid that they need to know what 2 plus 2 is, and that's your standard, is to do addition up to 10. So they can add up all those numbers up to 10. Well, if, if that's what you're going for, once kids get there, 
you're going to say, okay, that kid got it and I can move on to the next thing or they can move on to the next thing or whatever. But if you take a different approach rather and you're doing a design thinking process or a student-driven learning process and you find a way to help them accomplish something, they may learn what multiplication is in first grade because they're ready for that. And that's not where they're supposed to be, but that's where their questions and where their experiences are leading them to. And it's very possible for kids to blow way past the expectations that we have for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's so true. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that is so exciting about the design thinking is just what you said. It gives them that real world element because you know, a lot of the projects are real world based. And so when they see that what they're learning in the classroom has application, they do want to take it further because they have the the questions in, in their mind of, well, you know, why do I need to learn this? Why do I, you know, need to add two plus two? What is the purpose? Give me some examples in the real world of how I use those skills. And so, you know, I think that when you give them these opportunities and, and these chances to go out there and really make some meaningful differences, they want to excel and they want to keep fostering that learning that you're talking about. Yeah. And what's so cool is to watch it happen. And especially when you see kids who haven't been engaging in school and haven't been interested in what the teacher is doing and they suddenly get all passionate about something and say, I've got to figure this out and I'm going to spend extra time doing it. That's just, it's amazing to see that happen. So uh, in closing, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you, Kelly? I think just being passionate, being passionate about education and really understanding the why and really I think that's something that sometimes we get lost in as educators and as leaders is you lose your why and I think it it's important to circle back and always use that as your driving force for making decisions yeah great insight well thank you so much for being here Kelly I'm excited to see your journey as your school goes and progresses down this path it's going to be so much fun to watch and uh, hopefully you'll come back on and update us as things continue to grow that sounds great thank you so much jethro this was a a great conversation yes as it always is with you thank you Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. 
Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.